talk to you about having a life of worship tonight. All right? How's that sound? I know we just worship, but that's not the main thing, you know? The main deal is Jesus, right? And uh, I just want to get us focused because uh, part, of, part of, I think, our struggle is understanding what worship is at all. What's worship? Is it just singing? What's worship look like? It looks like a bunch of different things, really. I think, I think our giving can be worship, right? We just talk, they just talked about you know partnership. If you read about partnership, we partner with the with people in the gospel, right? You partner with us. We 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 partner with them. You know, it's 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 a sacrifice. It's something that we do to to just see the kingdom increase and multiply, right? And so part of part of what we do is we give. We give in everything. But how many of us are giving our lives completely over to the yielding of, of the Holy Ghost? In our, really, and that's what this that's what I want to talk about tonight. Because I feel like, you know, we can come into a worship session and we it's good. I like the goosebumps. I like people falling down. I like that. You know, I like the Holy Spirit moving, you know. I don't they don't have to fall down. It can happen. Shake, quake, whatever you want to do. But I believe this that the Spirit of God wants us to learn as a people and to really ask what does worship look like in my life? How do I look what does it look like when I completely give myself to to be it just enthralled with who you are and that I'll do anything that you say, right? right? Recognition of his presence should be number one, should be priority in our, in our lives, right? Because recognition of his presence is worship. When you recognize that he's walked into the room, it's not just the song. When you walk into the room, everything changes. No, everything's changing if you acknowledge that Jesus is in the room, right? It doesn't have to be a song, and, and we so base, like, especially in our circles, right, the charismatic Pentecostal circles, we, we you know, I, we love worship here. I love the music, you know. Tori's writing songs. I'm just, I'm, we're proud of what's happening, right? God's doing that. And, we, and it's engaging heaven, right? So we want to engage heaven in every way. So it needs to be prior. Recognizing his presence needs to be the number one thing. I can go home now. Really, that's it. That's the, really the gist of what we want to do. And we want to believe God that when we recognize who he is, he can do anything he, he, he says he does. Right? That, that the Holy Spirit does anything that he says he does. Right? He does everything. Right? And so some of us have, have struggles because we strive. Even in worship, right? When we don't feel it, we just check out. Or we have all these things cluttering that keep us outside of, of what God's about to do. And I just don't want to, I don't want to put it in the context of, of worship and music. I want to put it in the context of your life and you're walking things out. Because when we're struggling and we're, we're striving, that means we're not in that place where we recognize he's number one. Like he is priority number one. There's no one else. There's no one else moving in your life. And so when we don't recognize his, pri his, uh, his presence... It means this. It means that we have a lower value of who Jesus is because other things come up ahead of that and it takes over our vision, right? And so the Spirit of God wants us to refocus and, 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 and look and recognize that the Spirit of God is the only thing you need, the only thing you need to run your business, the only thing you need to, to live out and overcome the struggles that we, you know, everyone in this room has family struggles, 
right? There's just, come on, there's things that we have to overcome. And the, and the priority is, look at him. He's the author and finisher, right? And so we need to live above a place, right? You, I, you know, you have, I've walked through cities, right? And I've, I've noticed, you know, there's all this crazy, like, movement, right? There's homeless people and, and there's all kinds of wo- crazy things happening, you know, crime. And you go through, like, say, New York City. But then you can see a bird. And he's above everything else. Right? He's, he's above the chaos. He's above the confusion. He's flying above that place, right? And, and I feel like the Lord wants us to look at that because God wants to bring us up into even a higher atmosphere than that. That we live way above what the earth looks like. Because you're not of this world. You're of a different world. If you're of the kingdom and if you know Jesus Christ in this place tonight, you are from another dimension. Yes, I agree with that because you are. And the Spirit of God wants us to take hold of that so that we can live this out. So, so ready? This is your, clo- your calling. Ready? I'm going to read it to you right now out of Scripture. 2 Chronicles 29.11 says, My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. Wow, sounds like works all of a sudden. The Lord has chosen you to stand in His presence. What's your duty? What's your calling? To stand in the presence of God. That's, that's what it is. To stand in his presence and to minister to him. And to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. <laughs> that, that's your calling. Well, I don't know what I'm called to do. That's what you're called to do. Once you know that that's all you have to do, then everything else will flow from that. And this is what we call worship. This is what I'm going to call worship tonight, is is 2911. It's worship. It's you get your eyes off of everything else and don't neglect the very thing that he's given to us, him. Like, it's him that we have to just focus our eyes on. So we don't want to stand... And that word stand, right? Because it said that don't chosen you to stand in his presence. And the word stand means in proximity. And it also speaks of duration. So that means what? We need to lean into God. I need to, you need to lean into him. I need to lean into him. Our proximity, where we locate ourselves, where we think we are. Remember the story of, um, of Abraham, Genesis 22. First time it's, the word worship is mentioned. What does it mean in Genesis? It means when, when he takes his son and he says, the lad and I, ready, that's the King James, the lad and I are going to go yonder to worship. Meanwhile, all he had was wood and a knife. And his son. And the Spirit of God is wanting us to get something out of this because what happened was this we 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 know Abraham as the as the father of our faith. We know he's the one that showed us everything about faith, right? It says that that in in Romans he's given to us as an example 
of great faith, and we look at Abraham and all the things that he messed up doing, right? But this one thing probably stood him in the hall of fame, of faith, because he was able to let go of everything. Now, I'm telling you right now, we just went through something, right, with, with the Hogans and, and Patrick and all this stuff. It was tough, right? I'm not saying that God required anything, but I am saying that something that we can, all I saw was Ryan worship. Even in the midst of the hardest place of losing his 15-year-old son, I saw him worship. I see him standing. And so here's Abraham, right? Abraham's looking and he's saying, listen, this is what's going to happen. He talks to the, two, to the guys that he's with. He says, I'm taking him. We're going to the mountain. We're going to worship. And then the son says, where's, where's the sacrifice, Dad? He said, oh, don't worry. That's where we hear, right? Jehovah Jireh. It's the only time it's spo spoken of in, in, in Scripture, Jehovah Jireh, that one time. And God will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He will. He'll provide everything that we need at every moment. And we need to stand on the fact that when, I, when you go to the mountain, when you go to bring sacrifice, when you go to give your life, when you go to give that most precious thing, and even if it's not your own life, it's something else that you hold high. And what does that word worship mean in the Old Testament right there? It's all through the Old Testament. It means to stay low. It means to lay down like a mat. It means that when we give ourselves, it's completely and utterly laying down everything, right? And what so much of what worship is, is consecration. It's giving our lives completely over to what the Holy Spirit wants to do, his plan, his purpose, right? And so when he goes to the mountain, he continues to, to just say, Holy Spirit, Father, where's the ram? Where's the sacrifice? And he builds the fire and he builds an altar. And sometimes we need to just be able to build the altar not knowing what's coming next. Right? I'm just going through some of these because the altar speaks of consecration. It's a place of surrender. It's speaking of being broken and yielded. And God can move through you in that place of brokenness in the place of yieldedness. And I, when I say brokenness, that means that when we are low, right? I know this. I know this for sure. Because when I go low, God opens the door. I promise you this is, this is true. This is so true in worship and in places where I've been with the Lord in quietness and silence or even in a worship service and I go low. I humble myself. I get low. I know this, that the door is in the floor. I'm telling you that the further low and humility we walk, right, the power and the presence of God lands on that. Even when we don't know what we're doing. Like sometimes I'm so personally, like I've been in places where I've, I've been in places where I've been like, I don't know what else to do, God, so you need to come and do something. And when we get to that place and when we give ourselves completely over to yieldedness because you find out that your strength, you can't do it. And so what does worship look like? What does it look like for us? And in these days, right, God's awakening a church. 
right? He's waking us up to truth. He's waking us up to the fact that when he comes in, we better let him do what he needs to do. Like, what's worship look like? What does it look like? When he shows up, do I let him just come in and roll over? Because that's what he's looking for, you to roll over. And instead, our human, come on, and our humanness, sometimes we just want to resist the, resist the Lord. I know, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to someone else. But the truth is that sometimes we're resisting what God wants to do, Right? And so we need, so revelation is needed to understand consecration. Are you hearing me? God appears to Abraham. God appears to Abraham. Read the Bible come on, like it's, like we're supposed to read it. Like we don't know the end, right? Some of us have read the stories and we know the end. So when we read it again, there's no life to it. But when we ask the Lord, Come and show me what the reality is. I need revelation. But God appeared to Abraham and said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to give your son. How many think there might have been an argument? I definitely think I would have argued. Take your son and go. I'll be like, no. showed up. What is that? I think if God showed up, I'd have to say yes. I'd have to trust him. So it's revelation. We need an encounter when God shows up to bring us into the reality of what worship really looks like, right? When he comes and he appears to you, we're going to ask for that tonight. Lord, I need a revelation so that whatever I, whatever you require of me, I can do. And we can't do it unless we meet him. Are you hearing me? This is what worship is. I can't do it unless I meet with him. <laughs> like when he comes in dreams, like was testified, but I've had dreams that, it, that it was set apart for 10 years. And then I end up in the midst of it, and I know it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Most of the reason is because I don't dream much, and when I do dream, it's God. But when he does those type of things, right? So today, 2019, preparing for 2020, where the greater glory is going to flood into the church. It's already moving, but the greater glory, the greater is moving in. And we're just in a preparation period now. So we need to learn to worship now. Worship now. Worship with all that you are now. Open yourself up so that the Spirit of God can come and invade your life. Because I, here's what I don't want in my life. I can't, I can't settle for theology and to like make sure things are all... And I do believe in, the, I believe in all the Bible. I believe our doctrine needs to be kind of, come on, you got to be on. But when we get stuck in like the theology of worship, like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Like, worship is, you just crash into God. Like, that's all we need to do is crash into him. Because he's just moving towards you. And he's looking for us to just come at him 
in such a way that we don't miss. We don't miss one thing because you, boom, you lean so far into the Father that you're like, oh, it's like chocolate marshmallow. It's great. I don't even like chocolate or marshmallow. I just said it, right? Someone does. But you hear what I'm saying? It's just good. And God wants us to go deep. He wants the well of your life to be deep in worship. And he wants you to pull the water that comes from the deep places to turn to wine. Yeah, come on. To turn into wine. Because he wants to do a miracle that changes us just from drinking of the water to drinking of the wine so our joy is full. Do you hear me? This is what's coming. This is what the Lord wants to pour out. He says, I want to pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? The Muslim nations, they'll have dreams and visions. Why? Because they're sons and daughters, whether they know it or not. And you are too. You're a son, you're a daughter, and God wants to pour it out on your life in such a way that when we come together, there's just this cluster of grapes that just, ah, come on, the wine just begins to pour out. And I love drunken glory, but I want to see the drunken glory flow out of here and into the presence of people that don't know him because this is what we need. You need to be in the presence and you need to worship him with all your heart so that your life glows. It begins to glow. You have the glow of God. Come on. I know some Irish people when they drink, they glow. Come on. And so the Lord is looking for people to be glowing with the presence. I mean that. I know it's funny, but it's the truth. He wants us to glow with the presence, with being so drunk on the love of God, you just don't know what else to say. You, when people, it spills off of you. But he's calling us to be in this place of consecration, that we're totally and wholly devoted to what he's about to do. And we give him full access to our lives so that we can be poured out like a drink offering. You know, when, he, when Abraham is, is in the midst of this sacrifice, it goes back to that, that scripture out of John, lest a, lest a wheat, lest a kernel of wheat fall to the ground. And dies, it remains alone. What does that mean? When you give your life, this goes back to the gospel. It's the gospel message. Give your life. Give your life wholly, give your life completely, give your life to complete abandonment. Don't let one thing overshadow, because what we're looking, what we're asking, what pure worship looks like is the Holy Spirit, the overshadowing of God's presence over your life. How so? Because nothing else will shadow the presence of God. Why do I say that? Because we put things higher and it gets it it casts a shadow. Are you tracking with me? There's things in your life and in my life that if I don't give it fully to the Lord, it casts a shadow. Like I was talking, sometimes our theology, we can't get past it. It casts a shadow on God's presence coming over our lives. Sometimes people, people, family members, Husbands, wives, kids, children, grandchildren can be anything. They're up here. 
and they're casting a shadow on what Jesus wants full, full access to. I'm, I'm serious. Right? Can be your job. Can be anything. Can be certain things that you love more than Jesus that cast a shadow over what he's about to pour out over you. Right? So, so the ones that, are, that God's pulling, right? God is pulling people into himself. And when, we, and when, we pull, when we're pulled into his presence in all manner and in all shape, then he begins to overshadow us in such a way, right? That nothing, he has access to every single thing. That if I can't get over myself to repent and apologize to someone, right? If I can't, because it becomes yourself and, you know, I was wrong. Come on, we get an offense and we can't get past the offense to let the glory of the presence of the Father. Why do things shut up in the heavens for us? Because we get all this stuff that overshadows our hearts, right? And it doesn't give us full access to the Father. Well, I've been given full access by the blood of Jesus. Yes, you have. But there's things that clutter, that keeps you outside, all right? God wants to reveal himself to every believer by what? Showing us his majesty and power. And I don't want to be shut out from anything that looks like God. I'm not talking about an angel of light that comes in the appearance of something else. I'm talking about what God's presence looks like over your life, over the, over the region, over New England, over America, over the, over the nations. It doesn't matter as long as we open our lives completely to him and, no, and are not selfish God's looking for a selfless people, right? That we live out of this place of selflessness, right? And so, if we lack true vision of who God is, right? That goes back to the revelation. It's the revelation. It's the revelation. It's the unveiling of who he is. If we lack that, we lack consecration and we lack yieldedness. Come on, I'm teaching good. When, when, we, when, we, when we release all that stuff, the Spirit of God is going to bust things open. Come on, God wants to raise up an army of revivalists that will just move when he says move. Are you, are you ready to just move when he says move? Like this whole thing with Franklin Graham, come on now. It just, it should have broken open, and I believe it did. It broke open, ready? There's a whole nother level of what God's about to pour out in evangelism, Right? Whether it was 300 or 3,000, it doesn't matter. It broke something over the region, right? And then he goes to another city, and it breaks something over the region. Thank God for people who will walk in faith and under the umbrella and under the legacy of the goodness of who God is and believes God, believe in God, that he's going to pour out salvation in this day. America must be saved. Like we, but he's looking, right, for the church to just really step into the fullness of it. Right? We can go to nations. I've been to nations, seen miracles and crazy awesome things in, in, in America, but the reality is this. There's a portal that's waiting to be busted open, and it's, it's God waiting for the church to just arise, awaken, and step out of slumber. Right? Ready? I can't do this without going over Romans 12. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translations. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies. 
I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God and to be his sacred living sacrifices, to live in holiness and experience all the delights of his heart. Come on, somebody wants that. Somebody in this room wants that. I want all the delights of his heart. You want him to pour out everything that he is onto you. You want it to be overflowing off of you. And this is why I was talking about the, the well and the water and the wine. God wants the water of who he is to be poured out on your life. That, that rivers of living water flow through you. And, and, and come on. So, so he says this. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through to total reformation of how you think. Ready? Lay hands on your head right now. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm doing it too. Father, we just ask that there's a reformation of how I think. How I think about you. How I receive you. Lord, break anything that's on my mind that is, that is blocking me from who you are. And Lord, I ask that the Spirit of God would release the goodness and the, and the presence of God over my mind so I'd see you for who you are, so I'd encounter you in a new way, so that the presence of God would hit me in ways that I've not understood before. And Lord, I thank you tonight for that. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. So stop imitating the ideals and the opinions, right? And this will empower you to discern. This is still that verse. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now, come on, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel dissatisfied with where I am. And that's not a bad thing. God's trying to pull us into something greater, right? But God, I know there's always more with Jesus. I know this truth about God, that when I think I've had enough and I think I can contain enough, that he wants to give me more. <laughs> he wants to pour out more to your life. As much as you think you have, he wants to pour out. That's why this great outpouring, this great awakening, this great, come on, revival pouring out into the nations. We're in the season now where we're stepping into that and the fullness of that. And do not doubt, but only believe. You cannot doubt it. Listen, we've been, we've been marked as champions for God. And listen, our whole lives are, are consumed with one thing, our stance in worship. Because when you posture your heart, it doesn't matter if you're an apostle, prophet, teacher, or evangelist. It doesn't matter. But you just become that person who's, God, I'll do whatever you say at any time. You don't even need an office. How's that? Really, it's true. You don't need an office to do something, to go pray for someone, to go see healing, to go believe God, to just totally dismantle and reassemble your family. Come on. Right? So we remember this story that comes out of, out of John chapter 4. Because I, I you, you know, he talks about this worshiping in spirit and in truth. <laughs> because it goes back to this thing. He goes, don't, he says to her, right? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I, wa who I was or the gift of God that's with you, you'd, you'd ask me for a drink. That's John chapter 4 and verse 10. I know I started flying, right? But the woman replied this, but sir, you don't even have a bucket. <laughs> and this well is really deep. 
So where do you find this water? Because he tells her, I got the water that you need. I have everything you need right here, and it flows right out of me. And that's the truth. And until we realize that, until we become, until we get understanding of that, until we know the truth, the truth will set us free. The truth of God is that he, all the water comes and flows through him. And if you don't get near him, and if you don't get near the flood and the, and the torrents of water, then you don't have it. You need, you need to be next to where the flood is coming from. You need to be next to the well. He is Jacob's well. He is the well that's been, been, for all eternity, has been flowing the water that cleanses all humanity. And so there's something that God wants to articulate. He wants the language. Like I, I'm, I said tonight to the Lord, I said, God, I don't, how do you even articulate what worship looks like? Like, he gives me some verses and stuff, and that's good, but what does worship look like in your life? What do you have to remove and then step into? What is it that we're looking for? You should be looking for him. Because he is enough. He's more than enough. He's like that one that, that come on, the flow of the, of the presence and the water of the Spirit would just not stop. So it brings transformation because the water of his, of his life comes into your life and changes, should clean and change everything. But we get stuck, right? Ready? I'll show you. I'll show you. He says this. Do you really think that you're greater? This is, this is, the, this is the woman at the well. So do you think you're, you're greater than your ancestor, ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? And Jesus said this, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks of the water that I give him, he'll never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. It's going back to what I said before. What does she hit him with? Tradition. What does she hit him with? Church politics. What does she hit him with? Listen. Listen form and not flow and i believe that god's trying come on he's trying to get us in a new wine skin so that the water can flow that the wine can flow that the, that we can handle the expansion of what god's about to do because really that's what we need to do come on you need to stretch you need to stretch but you can't get stuck in a form you can't get stuck in tradition you can't get stuck in old thinking because old thinking is just traditions of how you thought before. And so he's trying to change the way we think to move us out of the place so that we can move into the water flow. Come on, where the water just flows freely and nothing gets in the way. And so when you drink of the water, I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. And now I'm asking you tonight, are you filled with endless life inside of you? Because the resurrected one, he lives now inside of you, and you should be flowing with the fullness of life and the endless life that this water that comes from the, the well Jesus gives to us. He's the one. He's the only one. Holy Ghost, give us more. Holy Spirit, I need more. Holy Spirit, I can't get enough of you. Holy Spirit, all my attention's on you. 
And that becomes like, are you a fanatic? Yes, I'm a fanatic. I am. trying to pull this pull the traditions and form out of us right the pharisees knew what god said right but jesus knew what god was saying you'll get that tomorrow pharisees knew what god said but jesus knew what the father said i only do what i hear and see the father do why? Because he's a son, and you're a son, and you're a daughter in this room today, and you need to know what Jesus is saying. I, I, I love the word, right? We go through this all the time. I love the word of God. You got, I keep, that's where the flow, that's where the living water flows. It's from the word. But the spirit of God needs, come on, it's spirit and truth. The spirit and truth. The spirit, the ruach, the wind of God, and truth. The, the living word, not the dead word, the living word. Even, it can even be the logos, the written word, but when you pull the spirit of God on it, it becomes live, right? And so tonight, Lord, how do, how do we become this living sacrifice that receives the fullness of your word? Because here, this goes back to another thing. When we, when we hear the word, right, and we receive it with gladness, come on, that's good soil. But don't let the enemy come because he always tests, right? He did it with Jesus. What did worship look like? You shall not have any other gods before me. And what did the enemy try to do to Jesus when he was in the desert? He said, just bow down. He said, I won't bow down. Bow down to another. I will not lay my life down for you. I'll lay my life down for my sheep. I'll leave, lay my life down for the whole rest of the world, but I will not lay my life down for what you're, you want to give me, a kingdom that's not of this kingdom that I'm in. But every word that proceeds, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what's going to feed you, that's what's going to live. Come on. I, God's going to bring people. We're going to have an awesome fall. We're going to have guys coming through here. It's going to just blow things up. I'm excited. We're going to have to be ready. You're going to have to be ready to receive, right? Not just for a moment. You need to be ready every day to receive, right, from heaven so that when we step in, and I, and I love events, and I, and I love the celebrity, as I, I just, honestly, I, I love people that God's spirit is poured out on. And they're moving. But the reality is this, that God wants you to let the love and the presence of God flood your life in such a way that that just adds something to it. Because we get stuck on someone giving us something but through impartation, right? And I believe 100% in it. But God is saying to the church, come on, church, rise up, wake up. Come on, church, rise up, wake up. Come on, I've called you to do the same to walk in the same, but who's going to give their life completely over? Why does, why does the Spirit of God fall on people in such a way that they rock the world? I'll tell you what I'm talking about right now, that their lives are completely yielded. Are they perfect? No. But God, come on, he's looking for someone. 
His eyes move to and fro throughout the earth, looking those, looking for those who are what? Holy. Not H-O-L-Y. Holy. Their lives are fully given to him. And so tonight, this is what he wants to do. He wants to pour out something fresh on your life because your life is now consecrated in a new way. You're not stuck in the old thinking. You're moving into the new thinking, right? And he wants to pull tradition, pull all those things. We need to hear what he's saying, right? And so verse 22 says this, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on the mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We, the Jews, worship out of our experience. For it's from the Jew that salvation is made, made available. And from here on, worshiping the Father will not matter, will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. Come on. That's powerful. Listen, if we, if we have to be in the right place, we have to see all the right things and all the atmosphere has to be perfect, that's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> I'm ready? Light rebuke. We should be able to go into our prayer closets and meet with the Lord. Even if I don't have Bethel Live on my, on my, on my video. Come on. Even if I don't have the perfect atmosphere, God says, I'm there in your midst. I'll never leave you, forsake you. I'm always there. I'm ready to release something for you. If you would just perceive that I'm there, if you just see me in the midst of everything, if you know that I'm in the midst of even, come on, we, we get stuck on things that happen even in a meeting, right? This was too loud. That one was good. You know, we complain. Not you, none, no one here. <laughs> but we do. I've been, come on. I've been in this almost, you know, 25 years, right? I've seen it. And God wants to just, can we throw that out? Because sometimes it's not going to be perfect. As a matter of fact, most every time it won't be perfect. Something weird's going to happen. Someone's going to make some funny noises. Something's going to happen, right? You know, it's. I'm praying for Toronto. Come on. <laughs> we'll see how people are, you know, doing. But uh, the Spirit of God is being poured out in a fresh new way now. Right? And we need to be ready for how God pours out His Spirit. Right? And be alive and prepared because we spent time with Him. That's it. Ready? Go home again. Because we spend time with him. That's all he's looking for. Draw close. Draw in. Lean in. Lean in. Right? For God is spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. In the realm of the spirit and in truth. Right? It's, it's Father, let it be. Let it be. Because all this culminates to one thing. And if we read the rest of the, the text, right, through, it's good. It's a great story about the woman at the well. And he reads her mail. And she goes back. And what happens? Because she drank from the well. Because she received from the well. What happens? What's the result? 
That's right, someone got it. There was a harvest. Because she went back to her village and said, I know the one, and it may be the one we've been waiting for. Because he told me everything I've ever done, yet he poured out mercy and grace. Yet he accepted me for who I was. Yet the love of God was shed abroad on my heart, even in the midst of I should have been condemned and feeling all kinds of things. But the Lord Jesus gave out all of who he was right there at that moment. And he said to his disciples, come on, the internship wasn't discerning too well. He, he said, listen, I'm not here to eat. Look. The harvest is here. It's, it, it's now. It's now harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. And God wants to pour out his spirit right now. Not four months. Not tomorrow even. We're in it. We're in it to win it. Come on, I read the end of the book. We win. Come on, those who are in Christ, we get to go and be and marry Jesus. Come on. This is amazing. This is just amazing. I mean, that's, come on. This is just amazing. But he's looking for a bride that's ready to pull the harvest. Come on, that will just glean at his feet. And then there's just the, the book of Ruth is that picture, right? Our heavenly Boaz is just waiting for us to come and kneel at his feet. Except we want to go run and do. And it's okay. You can run and do when you're blasted with God. And some of us have to walk it out anyway and just continue to seek, seek, seek. Right? But the Spirit of God is, come on, it's already happening. We're already, the, I've said it over and over, it's already moving. The movement's already there. We're on the movement. We're on the cusp of the wave, and the wave is overtaking the whole planet. And so now's the time. It's the time to awaken. It's harvest time. And God wants to pull harvest right now in your own life, and he wants to pull you aside and set you apart and fill you with all of, all of his goodness, right? He says this, and this confirms the saying, right? He says, he says this. Verse 35 through 38. He says, why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Now is harvest time, right? She went back. She told her testimony. How many in this place have a testimony? Someone should raise their hand. You have a testimony. God met you. He touched you. He did something in your life to transform you into a different person than you were right? Maybe it wasn't a Saul conversion. Maybe you weren't turned from, from, from radical things. Even if you grew up in the church, you have a testimony that God has been good on your, on your whole life. Like you don't have to go through nothing. God's goodness has been over you. You live in a legacy of goodness and the power of God and the presence of God. You live in a legacy. That's a testimony. Come on. And now you're ready because God is looking, looking, the harvesters, right? Who becomes a harvester? Worshippers. Those who are completely given over, those who are worshiping completely and sold out for what he's about to do and stand in the midst of it. So it says this, it's now harvest time for their hearts are like a vast field ripened 
ripened grain, ready for spiritual harvests. And everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. And those who plant spiritual seeds, those and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with great joy. That's what Jonathan was talking about earlier. Right? We get to sow and we get to reap, even if we're not there. Paul said this, I, I watered, I planted, Apollos watered, and come on, there came a harvest, right? There's just this principle as we sow. What are you sowing? I'm going to tell you what you're going to sow. And this confirms the saying, one sows the seed and another reaps the harvest. What's the seed? Lest the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Whoever wants to follow me. <laughs> Did I say this every week? Kind of. Once a month anyway. Whoever wants to follow me has to what? Give their life to take him. It's good. It's amazing. Right? So he's looking for us. And the Father's looking for those who will give themselves completely to worship. <laughs> everything you do, everything you do, everything you do, Everything we do. I have to remind, this was a good reminder to me. It's good when I have to preach because I preach to myself every time. Right? That every time we do something, whatever you do, it should be worship unto the Lord. Whatever you do, it should be worship unto Him. It doesn't have to be in church, yo. Right? Doesn't have to be in church. Right? You have to give your life. Just open up, right? Everything should be inaccurate. Some, some things need to be given over to God as a consecration to the Lord, right? And so we don't want to recognize, if when we don't recognize his presence, I'm going back to this, I'm going to end with this. I am coming in for a landing. When we don't recognize his presence, when we don't recognize, that means we have a lower value of who he is. That's, that's a hard one to swallow, but it's truth. Like when we don't know, when we're not discerning the Lord in our midst, we, we devalue him. I'm sorry. That's just my perspective on this. If you look with the eyes of the spirit, you'll see this, right? And so we want to become attached. How do you become attached to the Lord? By clinging. Simple. The closer I am to him, the, co the closer he is. Come on, I get stuck. Come on, you want a koala bear Jesus. Seriously. You want to just, come on, climb up on him and just get more of God. Just receive more of God. With honor, reverence, and glory. Come on, we want to receive more of him by, come on, being in his midst. And so we need to uh, abide under the shadow. And we talked about the shadow. I don't want anything to overshadow me other than his presence. David said, under your shadow, I rejoice. David said that. Under the shadow of the Most High, I rejoice. That's where I live out of. That's where my kingly anointing comes from. That's where my prophetic anointing comes from. That's where my life as a servant leader comes from, right? It's not about kings and prophets all the time. It's about him being a servant leader, about you being a servant leader that loves God and you'll do anything for the gospel. Right? That's how come there's fractions in churches all over the place because everyone's got to be a king and no one can serve. 
Hello. You know, I believe this, that the Lord's looking for a body of people who are weak enough. Did you hear me? Who are weak enough. Who've gone low enough. Who've gone to the floor enough that he can put his power on. Because weakness, right? Paul said it. I didn't come to you with eloquence of speech. I came to you with power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Who knew tradition? Paul knew all kinds of traditions. Yet he lived from the power of the Holy Ghost. And I, I still, I live by this. If you can't, we can't get enough of God until we give it and lay down. And our agendas, all our thoughts that make us think. And I know he wants to anoint your thoughts. <laughs> he will anoint your thoughts. But when we get low. When we humble ourselves, he'll raise us up. Come on, right? Derek Prince, this was a quote that when we were at the prayer set last night that just shook me. Derek Prince said this, Look, the Lord's seeking a people that are without mixture so that he can send his spirit without measure. You should write that down. God is looking for a people that are without mixture so he can send his spirit without measure. And so, really, there's keys. God wants to unclog your well tonight. Remember the story about the Philistines, right? They clogged the well up in Jerusalem. And it was David's men, right? David went to go unclog those things, right? And we need to unclog the wells tonight and allow the water of God to pour through the Lord Jesus. What's cluttering the well? It's the same thing that I was talking about, right? What's cluttering the well? I'm going to need your help, Tori, in a second. What becomes the clutter? It's the wood, hay, stubble. <laughs> it's the things that, that are not like the things that God's trying to put aside. No. No, like second now. <laughs> Said a second. All right. And she's stage fright. She has stage fright now. I just want to open the wells tonight. I want to open the wells. Open up the wells, right? Because worship is one thing. You're wide open. When the well is not clogged, you're good. When nothing's overshadowing you other than the Lord, you don't need one thing overshadowing you. Not one thing. And some of us tonight may have things we get to unload before the Lord, and that's good. It's good. It's the time to do it. Just do it now. You don't have to leave with anything. You just unload. Yeah? Stand with me. I'm telling you, there's something in these last days that the Lord is trying to do with his people. And I'm believing that the Lord's going to light New England on fire. That it's going to be a testimony to the nation. Why not? Why not us? Why not New England? Why not? Why not New Hampshire? Why not Massachusetts, Connecticut? Why not the whole bunch? 
but you have to make room for him to come in and ignite your life and to pour water through you in a whole new way. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we're just going to engage with you right now. And I'm going to encourage you tonight, just as, as, as we worship for a moment. Not that we already haven't. But I'm just believing as we, as we engage with heaven right now. That we open up. Open up. Lord, we open up our hearts right now. We open up our lives right now. Lord, we ask for your glory to come and just cover us right now. Lord, ignite us with your presence. Lord, I pray right now you overshadow and you push everything else that's shadowing, anything that is of you, Father, I pray that you remove it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that we'd rest in your presence tonight. Lord, I ask that it's a time, Lord, that we consecrate, that we give our lives and open ourselves up, Lord, that you'd remove anything that clouds our perspective of what it looks like to worship you tonight. Lord, we ask that there's a release, Father, from heaven. We pray for the spirit of breakthrough. Lord, I lift whatever, even right now, in these moments, Lord, we start thinking about it. See, I can feel it in the room. We've got, when we start thinking about what, what am I doing right now, we're just opening up. Open up the wells. Open up the heavens, Father. The gray mass between our ears. <laughs> Open it up so that we can receive you in a fresh way, God. We love you, God. We honor you. So tonight, really, if there's, if there's, if there's things that you want to just unload before the Lord, you can do it where you are. You can do it up front. I don't want us to be mechanical. Here's the problem with worship sometimes is we become mechanical. So move out of method into abandonment. That you don't care what the person to the left or to the right of you thinks. That you get out of your mind, <laughs> in a sense. Right? Paul said that. If I'm out of my mind, I, I blame it on Jesus. Basically. So you're allowed to be free. You don't need a license. So Holy Spirit, we, we ask tonight that you release a grace upon all of us that we receive, Father, right now from heaven. Not a man, just from you. We love you. We worship you. We, we honor everything that you do right now in these moments. 